0: I guess about a year and a bit ago, um, we had some friends that were playing uh, D&D and wanted to start a game. And so they were like, hey, do you and Emily want to join us and just like start playing this game? And we're like, sure, whatever. Like, what is...
1: But Are you going like, to explain what is D&D for oh, like people for people who don't know aren't nerds yeah. <laughs> can like understand uh, okay. what's happening? Yes. Uh, Dungeons and
0: Dragons is a game, a fantasy role-playing game. You basically just make a character on a piece of paper and then you it's like live storytelling. I think that's what was interesting to me was the the fact that you're like with a group of friends and if you're not super nerdy and into it like I gather five berries for lunch. Like, you can just, you can kind of move forward in the story a lot quicker. And uh, so, anyway, so Emily and I were like, surely we really like the people that, like, our friends that are doing it. We'll get into it. Well, I immediately, Em was like, okay, we'll just let them kind of guide us into this. Mm -hmm. I immediately went out and I bought the monster manual. I read up on, like, every Reddit thread that I could find on Dungeons & Dragons. Mm -hmm. I figured out what was the, like, quote, best, like, one of the best builds that for a character like in mm-hmm. terms of like point value and like so i already had that like pre-designed like how i'm going to build this character so that i have the most like strong capable character <laughs> in the game and and it worked out at first like we started playing and and i like knew what i needed to do and and the problem though is like it's a story-based game it's really not a like video game um like there are there are mechanics involved but it's meant to be a story, you know, telling game that you're kind of figuring it out. So at some point, the rules don't, you know, you kind of let them go for the sake of the story. And at one point, we were like many episodes in or many chunks of story in. And we got to this point where my character had to go into it, like went into a bar and end up uh, arm wrestling this guy. And it wasn't planned. And the, our DM, the guy who like kind of leads or manages the story, he was basically like, oh, I really like this. This is cool. Why don't you roll a straight up D100, like a dice that goes up to 100, and whoever, and I'll roll one, and whoever gets the highest number wins this arm wrestling. And I stalled out. For 10 minutes, I was like, okay, what can I do to make my mm-hmm. chances better? To, But I couldn't because that was the point. It's like There wasn't a mechanic for what we were doing in the game. He had just mm-hmm. made it up, and I was like, this is a really cool story moment just roll the dice and see who wins and i like for 10 minutes sat there and everyone around is like just just roll just roll the freaking dice like you can't it's there's like nothing you can't
2: leave anything up to chance exactly you have i was to i was sweating
0: bullets because <laughs> all i wanted to do was know like well how can i make this this die turn up With the number that i want like how can i break Mm -hmm. physics like or whatever you know like
2: i'll never go to vegas
0: yeah right you're gonna be so
2: miserable (laughs) so
0: it started as like a very fun very like oh yeah i can i can hack this game i can learn everything about it i can figure out how to do it very quickly i realized like i'm not there is there are points at which i will not be able to figure out what is going to happen next and that is just absolutely terrifying Mm. and that is my life as
1: a five <laughs>
2: that hits me there we hard. Go. I relate to that so hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, and did you did you lose the arm wrestling match? No, I actually
0: won the arm wrestling I rolled oh, higher, wow. and I really, I'm not even sure. So I definitely rolled higher than than the DM. But I actually think, for the sake of the story, he might have just lied. That's how he was more worried about the story and about what we were doing together. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. might have just lied, and so it's like it's funny that I I had to trust another person. And not the mechanics of the game and anyway i've thought back on that so many times of like man this is Mm -hmm. there i gotta figure this out
2: um recently i uh me and one of uh, my closest friends we just uh, we went on a trip we went um, on a trip for her birthday so we were in like the san diego area we were just like there was no plan there was no schedule we got to be really spontaneous we just like went to the beach every day, filmed the sunrise, filmed the sunset and just like sat and talked and laughed and ate a bunch of stuff. And we had this like really, really great experience. It felt so relaxing because I mean, as a five, it's so difficult to relax. It's so difficult to just shut off your brain and actually be present in the moment and to be in your body. Like even just being at the ocean, like the senses are just so intense. Like you're hearing the sound of the ocean, you're feeling like the sand, like the coldness of the sand and like the granularity of it. And you know you're smelling like the, the sea and the salt. and um, it's, it's just this all-encompassing like experience. And so every time I have one of those experiences where I'm out of my out of my head and into my body, It's always this very like emotional thing for me because I'm always like walking around as like this brain floating above my body. Like my body is just like the transportation for me to get to places. (laughs) Like I don't even think about how I'm feeling, like even physically very much um, until I'm like on my deathbed. I'm like, oh, I should probably go to the doctor. But anyway, so like we had this like really, really cool experience where I just felt like I could actually be in the present and appreciate the moment and appreciate the beauty that was surrounding me and the freedom of not having to explain it. And so because of all of those elements, coming back was a really weird experience. Like we were just gone a few days, but like when I came back, I felt this like profound sense of loss, (laughs) like this profound sense of like, oh my gosh, I'm not, I wish I could experience this in my normal everyday life and I, I was trying to I'm, as a five like I don't when I have emotions strong emotions I instead of feeling them I try to understand them mm. and so <laughs> right away instead of trying to feel them and to just like remain in the moment of just being sad or just being like disappointed or just grieving over this like part of my life that can't be integrated into my day-to-day I, like, wrote a screenplay to myself explaining my own emotions with characters nice. and dialogue <laughs> that no one is ever going to read, yeah, except maybe, like, my therapist. Yeah. <laughs> to explain to myself how I felt I had mm. to create a mechanism. Externalize it. I had to create, like, an architectural piece that made sense. Mm. And... I think it's the most five thing I've ever done because awesome. <laughs> it's just like, I can't process emotions in the same way. I can't feel them in the moment. I have to look back on them and be able to navigate them with a map. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like always like dropping breadcrumbs for myself mm-hmm. and trying to create these like artifacts where I can go back and be like, okay, this really happened. Mm-hmm. This is really how you felt. Mm-hmm. This is really what it means. Um, and just trying Like, it's almost like this desperation. It's like, you're just, desperate to understand, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's somebody else's life or your life, this desperation to understand drives you to try to create meaning out of everything. Mm -hmm.
1: Welcome to Story Shaped Life, a podcast where we try to help make sense of the stories we believe about ourselves, others, and the world we live in. We're your hosts, I'm Sam and Ben. This season, we're focusing on the Enneagram popular tool for understanding the way we view the world and the strategies we use to interact with it. Join us today as we talk about Enneagram Type 5. Welcome to the Enneagram Type 5 episode. I feel like we kind of just opened a Pandora's box. Yeah, welcome to the two-hour episode. For the Type 5s to talk (laughs) and y'all have just been holding this in for so long and we're about to just Man, listen, but uh, we have two very special guests today. One who is also very familiar to this podcast because Ben is a type five. That's me. And so the interviewer becomes the interviewee. Yes. What? How exciting. (laughs) So uh, to start us off, do you all want to just introduce yourself and say three things about yourself, maybe work, family, whatever you would like?
2: So my name is Suzanne Odell, and man, picking three things like I feel like I'm trying to like pick out the epigram of my like yeah to find your entire personality. What is your person? Who you know? Um, So I'll just I'll keep it kind of you know basic. So I am a a writer, or I should I should say that I write and try to be a writer. that's what I do with my time, um, and how I (laughs) process my life and make money. Another thing is I have a spouse. Me and my husband have been married almost 10 years. Um, been together for like 12 years and we have three kids, um, a boy and two girls and they are crazy and awesome and it's a lot, but we love them. And I love to read. I mean, that's really boring, but I really do. I read incessantly, whether it's articles or random rabbit hole searches. Like, the internet is, like, the best and worst thing that's ever happened oh, to me. Yes. I could just read and read and read and read all day. So I love to read. I love to learn. Learning is just, like, my, my thing. Yep. So there
0: you go. I hear that. <laughs> Yeah, my name is Ben. I've introduced myself before, um, I guess, vocationally. I am a communications director. I've been a um, freelance photographer and videographer, and then had a branding and marketing company. And now I do communications for a local nonprofit. Um, so basically, I really like storytelling and thinking through the psychology of storytelling. I'm a husband and now a dad, which is crazy. There should be an application process because I'm not sure I would have passed that. Um, <laughs> how emotionally available do you think you will be for your child? Oh, my Zero. God. Zero. Okay. Zero. No child for you. Um, no, what? I'm no kidding. privacy? Correct. Not for me. <laughs> not, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I guess the third factor piece of trivia is that, um, which I haven't explained this before, is that one of the reasons or like a good five I guess that when I got into the Enneagram um, for myself for like personal development um, I was also in a season where I was wrapping up my master's thesis on uh, like a theory of narrative and I included the Enneagram in my master's thesis so I have done a lot of research on the topic mm-hmm. um, and written um, several chapters of uh, again what became my master's thesis for that um, so that's mm-hmm. where some of the the theory of this, even this whole podcast came from.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, so we're talking about type fives, which we name as the reserved influence seeker. Just as a quick refresher, uh, reserved influence seeker, reserved uh, references the social strategy. So there's reserved, there's active, and there's receptive. And so reserved just means kind of keeping... Your your strategy is very much kept to yourself. So you're not going to give everything of yourself right up front. And then influence seeking uh, just refers to the core awareness or core concern is the other term we've used. Yeah, motivation. Motivation, core motivation. Um, and it just, it, we talk about it in three different groupings. So there's like the individual centered, there's the group centered and the universally centered. And so type fives are on the individual centered um, group. Mm-hmm. So we get to jump into fun questions and hopefully make it through all of the questions before, before the four we hour hit hour two hour. hours. Yeah. I mean,
2: <laughs> we speak in paragraphs, so it's oh, going to be interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. My poor friends and family. <laughs> God bless them for sticking with me.
1: Yeah. So how do you see your social strategy being reserved play out in one-on-one relationships? Maybe an example of
2: that. Oof. I feel like it's, a, it's kind of a big burden to explain or to have people in your life that are willing to do that with you um, because, you know, being reserved can... Be interpreted as being withholding, mm-hmm, being yeah. um, stingy, being uh, aloof, like just not, not wanting to have anything to do with other people, mm-hmm. um, and that's just not true. About fives, we we intensely want other people mm-hmm. and want to be connected with other people, yeah. but it's it's like we're we're conserving that energy for the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think for me, uh, this plays out clearly in my relationship with my husband, who is a seven, who processes everything verbally as it's happening in real time. Um, And for me, you know, when we're having a discussion or whatever about any given topic, if he is looking for me to express how I think about something right away, it's, it's really difficult for me. It's I have to take time to, like, figure out what I think about Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, And I never say anything that I don't mean. Mm -hmm. If I say something then I've thought about it, I've raked, you know, raked it through the coals, separated anything that doesn't make sense. And this is what I think, you know, it's like the hill I'm going to die on. And for him, he's just like spitballing all day, just like saying stuff. And I'm like, you really mean that? He's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm just talking. I'm just like, how, mm. how does that work? And so it creates a little bit of a, a delay. I feel like I, he lives life in the moment and I live life on a delay. Mm. Yeah. And so Interesting. a lot of times we miss each other. Mm. Yeah. He's ready to talk about something in the moment because he's feeling his feelings in the moment. He's, he knows what he thinks in the moment or at least is figuring it out. And I'm just like, that's terrifying for me. Because I'll say something I don't mean or, um, yeah, I might, I might hurt him or something. Mm. So that's, we've had to learn to kind of give and take with that. I've had to learn how to fumble through my emotions Mm. in the moment and just be like, I feel like just saying, I feel overwhelmed Mm. or I feel, I feel attacked or I feel whatever. And giving him that information instead of just like closing off. Yeah. So that's a big one for me.
0: Yeah. Delayed is a really good word. I really like that because I think one of the stereotypes that uh, gets put on fives is that we're all withdrawn and that supposedly we have less energy than people or we're less like interested in other people. But delayed is like, no, we're still interested, but it comes with a pause to kind of like make sure I resonated so much with what you're saying. I think there's a story that I can remember the first time that I, in the moment told Em what I was feeling. Emily and I were at least three years in a marriage, like three years where I, she would say, you know, I'm hurt, I'm bothered, I'm scared and whatever, you know, and I would like quietly process that. And she's like, where'd you go? And I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to work it out. I'm still here, but I'm trying to work it out. And um, we were having an argument about something. I don't even remember what it was. I brought this up with her the other day uh, to try to see if she could remember it. And she couldn't remember what we were arguing about. But she had said something that hurt me. And I, in the moment, knew I need to tell her right now that that hurt me. Mm -hmm. And I like paced up and down, like she was laying on the bed, like sitting on the bed. And I was at the edge of the bed kind of like walking up and down pacing and finally like stopped, put my hands on the, like the rail of the bed at the end of the bed and said, and what you just said like really hurt me. And I remember bracing emotionally and like, almost like in my soul, like the world is about to explode. Oh my God. It was just like the, the worst fear in the world. And <laughs> I'm she, like
2: sweating right now, right
0: now. And she looked at me and she, obviously I had said stuff too, like it wasn't like, you know, she was off the rails cause that's not her, her personality or whatever at all. Um, and so she was upset about stuff that I had said, but she like looked at me and even amidst her own anger and emotions, she was like, wow, I'm sorry. That was, that was not at all what I meant to communicate. Like, and then kind of like unraveled it. And I like, it is a, it is, uh, deeply embedded into my psyche because it was this moment where this, this implicit belief about, oh, if I share my emotions or even respond to my emotions without processing them Mm. fully first. The world Mm. will fall apart like that. It'll drive people away. Yeah, exactly. Like that shifted just a little bit. It's still very true. I still act Mm. that way Um, Mm. with probably most people, but at least with Emily, like we have enough history now that I feel Mm. like that is starting to break down. Mm. And we joke about how like when we first got married she would say something and then it would be like a week before I would respond to that oh emotion. Gosh. Right. And then we've just me like too. slowly cut down on that time. Cut
2: down on the time. It'll yeah.
0: never be. And I think to Em's credit, she's, she's realized it will never be as instantaneous as she wants, mm-hmm. but it will, we've learned to, for it to get yeah. better. So I think that's how reserved works a mm. lot for, for me at least as well. Kind of from what you're saying it makes me think about that sense of like, there's a pause, there's a, There's a sense of like, Mm -hmm. I want to to offer up this opportunity or I want to take the opportunity that you're Mm -hmm. offering me, Mm -hmm. but I, I want to make sure I do it well, or I want to make sure that I, that I, um, that I have what it takes to do this well. And, and so it makes that pot, that like concern or
1: that question is always like creates one, like a little bit of a pause. Yeah. And I think it's also worth noting that I feel like one of the characteristics of being reserved is that. The deeper you get in layers, the more time it's going to take. Oh, absolutely. So that's why we talk about, like, in a social setting, uh, people who are reserved tend to have, like, you know, their five subjects that they are ready to talk about. <laughs> and so you're not necessarily reserved about those because those are those are your subjects, you know? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a four, so I'm also in the category reserved, so mm-hmm. I relate mm-hmm. a lot to what you're saying. But as you move deeper, especially... Fives are moving into, you know, emotional subjects. That's mm. where it becomes a lot more like I need some time to process and, and then react. You can't react. be an
2: expert on emotions.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Which really sucks. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: that's good. Yeah. And
0: so I think for fives, when we when we probably different to other reserve types, our retreat mechanism is to, I think, tell me what you think of this, but it's, it's retreating to understanding and frameworks for understanding. Like mm-hmm. the more I have like mm-hmm. systems for making sense of things, the mm-hmm. faster I can I can ping back and come yeah. back to the relationship. That's good. Mm-hmm. A systematic retreat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and good. I think that's probably different from fours and nines. It's like, okay, what, I really love the that you use mm-hmm. the word map because I think mm-hmm. of that a lot. It's mm-hmm. like, what map do I have for this? And I'm like looking through my mm-hmm. bag of maps and I find one, I'm like emotions map. Okay, okay, yep. good. <laughs> anger, doing this, okay, good. Okay, I'm back and I'm back in. You know,
1: like, oh, and it's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's so yeah. true.
1: So what ways have you seen this social strategy that we're talking about work out in a way that you later realized wasn't necessarily healthy or wasn't necessarily the best?
2: Every day of my all life. Of
1: no. <laughs> no, I think there's
0: – I'm a big proponent of, like, how – again, how I've said this before, how all three uh, social strategies are perfectly healthy and, like, useful in different scenarios. So – being reserved makes most of us, uh, well, I'll just speak for fives. I think for fives, it makes us really good at boundaries. We're mm-hmm. really good at being like, nah, not into that. Bye. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think yes. that's 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 good. Like, There's a lot of people that get into, I watch it with friends all the time, that they get themselves into huge trouble because they're not willing to set up boundaries with mm-hmm. family or friends or whatever. And so mm-hmm. I think I'm really good at being aware of that. On the mm-hmm. negative side, because that's what the question was, um <laughs> Uh mm-hmm. sorry, I just want to make sure that it's like I'm not make sure that, that everyone understands your thoughts. explain you gotta, you gotta, explain. You gotta, gotta explain, explain it first and then, yeah. let me give you the explainer first. anyway yeah. um, on the negative, I think I miss out a lot on opportunities because I'm being reserved, especially with certain relationships. I recognize that um like I'm good at setting up the boundary. Mm. And it's probably a good place to set up a boundary, mm. but also rec- like I, where I miss out is recognizing that at some point, if I'm gonna, if ever, if things are ever gonna change, I need to be willing to bring the boundary down and test opportunities for relationships. So that makes mm. sense, like to, and it may not go well, and recognize so, that there's a risk. Yeah. I I am I am perfectly uh, it is it is acceptable for me to live mm. behind this boundary, yeah. but it's it's limited because. Um, I'm not going to get another chance to connect with this other person unless I bring the boundary down and I give it a try. Does that make sense? Like, I think that's where I've noticed it um, be unhealthy, where I'm like perfectly fine with just living behind a boundary for the rest of my life with certain people Mm -hmm. and um, and missing out on what could be a better, a good and better relationship um, just because I'm content with being reserved and holding on to my opportunities for myself
2: yeah i mean that's i can relate so much to that i think i think for me just jumping off of what you said i mean intimacy with people requires vulnerability Mm. and that's like the ingredient that's like so hard to like make yourself uh add you know into your life is this this sense of helplessness with another person that you're hold, they're holding like how they feel about you or how they're going to react to you or how you know the relationship is going to move forward in their hands based off of you so you feel like I don't know it's just it's this like utter sense of like desperation almost that you want to be close to people but when you have to consider every step of every journey, it's no longer like a journey. It's just like you having to control everything. Mm. you know, so yeah, for me, like the res the reservedness of my type makes me struggle to have intimate relationships when it comes to my emotions, yeah, and because of that and I have to tell myself this people miss out on me mm-hmm. and that's hard for me to even say. Cause I'm like, well, am I really that great? No, I mean, I don't know. Probably not, but they miss out and I miss out, mm-hmm. you know, I miss out on the chance to let someone accept me for who I am mm-hmm. and not what I know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's like a huge risk, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like, we're always trying to prove, that we know enough to be valued mm-hmm. and so admitting that we don't know everything and putting ourselves in this position where someone can hurt us mm-hmm. is extremely difficult, but we miss out on the the connection and the and the joy that it brings when we are connected in our weaknesses to other people mm-hmm. For me, that's the biggest loss is waiting too long Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable with the right people. Yep.
1: That's good. So uh, we talk a lot about kind of cultural expectations for different types. Mm -hmm. Um, What cultural expectations have you seen for your type as a type five? Does that make sense? That other people in
2: the culture have for us. Yes.
1: exactly.
0: And I think specifically, I'm interested at least about for you as a woman, Mm -hmm. how does that play out?
2: Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, Being a woman type five is, I think, really rare, actually, Um, in the sense that I think our society in general, I mean, we've come a long way, but I think in certain circles, it is very intimidating when women have questions Mm -hmm. or or, or appear to question authority Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of any kind, whether it's academic or in the church or you know, anything, because the ideal woman is someone that kind of goes along with whatever, you know, whatever Mm. needs to be done. Very agreeable, very um, submissive in in a lot of ways. And so that's always been a hard thing for me because I feel like I have to tone down my thoughts a lot Mm. um, around certain kinds of people that are intimidated by that coming from someone like me. Um, So... I I kind of I have a mechanism for dealing with <laughs> with people like that and and I I tend to to make myself more approachable by being more agreeable than I really am. Um because I think if I didn't have any sort of filter, I would I would be like pretty off-putting to some people mm. that consider having strong opinions as being hard to get along with or, you know, severe or abrasive or whatever. So I want to have a conversation about ideas and people that are intimidated by ideas, especially coming from a woman, you know, is, you know, that's a thing. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, I think it's getting better in a lot of ways, but it's still hard. It's something that I'm always conscious of.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I think the one the the thought that i had immediately was the idea of like as much as our culture says that we like mavericks and people that like think outside the box and push the agenda or whatever the reality is i have not experienced that 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 fives to me at least in my experience we live a little bit on the on the fringe of whatever group we're a part of because we see mm-hmm. i think we're so prone to looking that if we're healthy in some way we can see things that a lot people don't see or recognize things that people don't want to recognize. And so that puts us on the fringe a little bit. And that can be hard because I mean, everything from again, from like church to friend groups to whatever, like the expectation is like, well, at some point we all create like a cohesive clear sense of us. And, and we try not to over like to rock the boat. And I think five just live a lot more in the gray Mm-hmm. and are really uh, like we are because we're looking to see the next thing at least this is what i see for myself uh because i'm trying to understand everything and like put all the pieces together there's pieces that i'll find that i'm like oh but this doesn't work with mm-hmm. what you got with what mm-hmm. we're creating i'm still here and i still want to be a part mm-hmm. but because i'm willing to hold on not just like ignore certain things it puts me on the fringe a little bit mm-hmm. and again i don't think our culture talks a lot about in america about like yeah, we just we love the the out of the box thinkers and the blah blah blah. But really, when you're in a group, those people seem scary and yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, like they're going to disturb whatever mm-hmm. goodness or peace you've like is there. Oh yeah. But it's really interesting to hear for, that from you because I think as a guy, I get away with that more. Because like, oh, well, he's just opinionated. like He's just
2: eccentric.
0: Right, 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 right. exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. like
2: a cute thing. But like, an opinion, you
0: know? like, you can, th- I mean, you can even hear it, like, saying, like, oh, he's an opinionated man. Oh, she's an opinionated woman. Like, that, that has a negative. Code, right, yeah. it totally does. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so that's really interesting because I experienced that negatively. Mm-hmm. And some of that's self created I'm not saying fives are all brilliant, and Mm-mm. you should listen to everything we say and blah blah blah, but Mm-mm. like it I think that's just an experience that we have and and in a good way we should have something to offer there too, but yeah, as a guy, I bet i get uh get away with that a lot more um mm. just being a dude mm. uh you know like you're gonna mm. they're gonna be much more prone for people to be like, oh, maybe he's a maverick or maybe he is a, like mm. there's a, there's a higher chance of somebody picking me out as mm. a a benefit, it's positive uh, for exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't think. I think most of the time it's not, but there's a much higher chance of it being positive okay. yeah. for as for, for a sure. man than a woman. Yeah. For sure.
1: I think one of the things that I think is really interesting is also we're we're definitely talking within the culture and context of the U.S. Oh, oh yeah. For sure. Because I. Ben and myself grew up with a dad from Argentina, mm-hmm. and 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 a thing about Argentine culture is it's it's completely different in this regard. Oh, uh, one of the things that I've noticed here in the U.S. is is there's always a desire to get to a common decision, mm-hmm. like that's really valued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and, want and we want what's right, the one thing exactly, that is the right exactly, thing. and we want everyone to agree. And we we always need to get to a meeting point, mm-hmm. I guess, and and that's not necessarily true in all cultures, and I, I can see how that really. Uh, comes in confrontation with with being a five mm. because part of being a five is wanting to continue to question mm. you know, never really getting to that ultimate truth mm. because you're always taking it a step mm. further yep. and, and it's mm. just culturally here that's that's not common. Mm. but you can yeah. see yeah. like in Argentina, where uh, okay. our okay. grandparents will argue about everything and never come to a resolution, and they don't that's continue not the, to point. Argue. the point is to to argue or to they
0: like they value brutal honesty in such a way that you wouldn't even think of, of taking it as a negative to your relationships for you to argue with your best friend for two hours and, like, angry argue. Yeah. And then, like, oh, well, got to go. Want to grab a beer next week? Like, and you just mm-hmm. pick it up where you left off because
2: – I should live – Right, I every five change. should move to Argentina. <laughs> I need to change where I live right now.
1: Okay, I would like to hear from you both. I, I've, I have a five who I'm roommates with. Uh, And one of the things that we have run into or that I've noticed is there's this balance where sometimes he will share too much of his opinions and it's hard to differentiate which ones are like, he is headstrong. This is, this is what I believe. And others are just like, Hey, I, I just kind of think this, like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have, you know, I'm fine with either way. Mm -hmm. And then I think he's, has gotten into the habit sometimes of reserving those opinions because he's, Afraid of how people will respond to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what is what that has resulted in is almost like we all know what his opinions is. And so it just becomes this awkward, unspoken, kind of tense moment where it's like, I don't know. When, when it, I, I'm going to try to dumb it down to like examples. But let's say we're all going to go hang out with some friends. And he doesn't necessarily like the group we're going to go hang out with because it's too many people. You know? And he, he's like, just... Looking to rest.
2: <laughs> Evergreen. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so we all know he's not super fond of the idea, but he won't express it and he'll express it non-verbally because he can't help it. And it creates this tension in the room because we all know his opinion on it, but he hasn't expressed it. So I guess my question leading up to that is, have you perceived that or have you gone through that? And what, what have you learned to do that's healthy? in light of those opinions. Does that make sense as a question? Oh
2: my goodness. I think that's a really, really astute observation because I don't, I can see myself doing that exact thing, but I've never, I don't think I've ever noticed that it's a thing. I think Hmm. I'm being really covert. So you're saying that you see through that and uh, I'm saying that that's exactly what we do sometimes. <laughs> I I don't know if I have a strategy. Um I think I think for me is deciding like the things that are the most important to me and the non-negotiables mm. about you know where I can compromise and where I can push. Um finding that balance is is really essential. I think learning, and this is just like the the work of a five in general, learning to recognize what you're feeling in the moment and then deciding how you're going to react in that moment is something we have to practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, something that we have to be aware of. We have to, you know, we're already above our bodies, like in our heads all the time. Sometimes you have to get above your head. Mm-hmm. And Or sometimes you have to go just into your body mm-hmm. and just be like, what do I feel right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just a work in progress because I could totally see myself doing that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think this has been definitely a process for me as I've gotten older. Like in my early 20s, I think I like would have been like that a lot. Where it would be like, I would do stuff but be like, holding up the wall at some some gathering or something because I didn't really want to be there. But I hadn't really expressed that I didn't want to be there because I didn't know yet that I didn't want to be there. And then, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but now, yeah. I think, the, like, the older, that I've gotten, older I've gotten, the more, I think, willing I am to just say, like, well, I'm me, and you're you, and go do your thing. And so I, I guess right now, I don't find myself in a lot of those situations. At least I don't think I am, like, being passive-aggressive because I'm much more willing to be like, no, go for it. Like, you go do your thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really want to do that. I'll stay back and read or whatever. Mm-hmm. And expressing like, that's not, that's just not me. Like, that's not what I want to do. Or mm-hmm. this and and being married has been very helpful in this and whatever. But uh, also recognizing sometimes those are opportunities to connect where again, like I could put up a boundary and say, I don't want to go, but I can go and I may not have a lot of fun or may not be the thing that I would say is like the most fun, but there's an opportunity to build some connection or do something like there's something I can get out of it and being willing to, to say, I don't need it all to work perfectly. I can make a choice here to just get this piece out of it. That Mm. is, and that is sufficient. If I can do that ahead of time, then I can go into that and be like all these basic white folks are driving me nuts. But I did get to, we should cut that part up, but I did get to connect with this person and that's, Mm. that's enough. That's ahead. You're right. Like Mm. I've kind of decided first on success ahead of time. And so I've like maintained control in some way because or I've like kept my choices. I think that's where, where we can become. And I think it's probably true for any human being. We become passive aggressive when we feel like we're dragged into things. But I mean, 99.9% of the time it is of our own doing. Like we, yeah. we have given up mm. the choice. Yeah. And so we're upset at other people for something they haven't done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mm-hmm. recognizing I still have agency here. Okay, so what do I want to do? Mm. Do I want to take the opportunity and go and, and put myself in that situation mm. but get something out of it? Or do I want to stay home and read a book? And mm. that recognition of like how much strength I still have in my own choices and the, the agency that I still have, mm. I think has, over the last couple of years, has really changed my dynamic with friends and, and where I don't see myself being that sourpuss all the time. Yeah, mm. man, that's
1: really good. That's really good. I, I think you you both covered this, but it's it's just really trying to land yourself in the moment, mm-hmm. and and the the decision progresses as how do I feel about this, mm-hmm. and then what's going to be my decision? Because once you do that, you you're you're not going to have negative feelings over other people yep. because you made that decision. Yep. Mm-hmm. You kind of get rid of that bitterness that that sometimes can mm-hmm. be present in an unhealthy five. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> that's, that's really
1: good so we've also asked this question and this one might take a little bit although I know you've been thinking about this for a while but what universal problem or issue does the type 5 combat and how? what do you think? well I'm cheating because I have thought
0: about this a lot but well, maybe we'll yeah. see if it, if it I think in uh, fives are map makers Um, And so we bring clarity to confusion, right? Mm -hmm. Where Mm -hmm. fives are at their best and like we offer this sense of like, if there's like a just jungle ahead of us, Mm -hmm. fives are like, let me go, let me go, let me go, let me go. And they're like run off into the jungle Mm -hmm. and just map everything out and then bring it back. And they're like, here you go. Here's the way forward. Go for it. Mm. Now we're not going to be the best at like walking with you. <laughs> not our thing.
2: Giving uh, you water, yeah, wetting yeah. your no, brow. Just not,
0: not into that. In fact, that's like one of the most annoying things I think to me ever is mm. when people are like, "But I need some help." I'm like, "Get, get together. I already did all the work for you." Um, <laughs> but uh, but that bringing clarity to confusion, um, I think is is like our superpower, our ability to mm. like the thing that we offer people.
2: Yeah, I, that's. That's really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think confusion or um, like ignorance or naivety um, is something that we see as a challenge, mm. um, for sure. I think I think where the fives just really excel when they're healthy is. Just kind of seeing a bird's eye view, being able to see a bird's eye view of a situation, um, being objective enough and detached enough in a positive sense to problem solve and also love that process. Mm. Like just that's our that's our way we love is like helping people understand maybe where they're going. Mm -hmm. Like we we're in the helicopter above navigating Mm -hmm. a little bit. And not telling them what to do because I don't think fives are motivated mm-hmm. by control. I think we're motivated like we don't want to influence as much as we want to understand.
0: Yep.
2: Um, so helping someone solve a problem by getting above the clouds and seeing everything for what it is is yep. really satisfying. You know, whether it's you know relational or or big picture questions, um, it's putting things into context. Giving things a shape that seem shapeless. Yep. I think that we're good about providing clarity, like you said not not necessary not necessarily certainty, mm-hmm. but providing the ideas that can help people move forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And yep. giving them, it's like a like we deal in the currency of ideas. So when fives are at their best, we're generous with our ideas. Mm-hmm and we give people the ideas that will benefit them mm-hmm. the most. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, the image that was coming to my mind, uh, I we might end up talking about this in another episode, but uh, one uh, metaphor I've kind of used to like describe problems, especially emotional problems, because I'm a four and I focus on that. But uh, if if there's a pond, that's the problem. One of the issues we run into is that, you can't just empty out the pond because there's like 20 streams that mm. are leading into the pond <laughs> so if i have you know uh some issue in my life that i'm just like i don't know why i do it like i'm just struggling with this well part of the problem is i can keep like trying to get buckets out of this pond and empty it but there's still streams leading into it mm-hmm. so i feel like a a type five the superpower that you guys have is just like zooming out from that pond and being like check out these like 20 streams around you Mm -hmm. and then just letting you kind of make the decision of what to do with that Mm -hmm. but it's just giving you the full picture
2: Mm.
1: yeah absolutely um so to finish up i would um just love for y'all to share some advice that you would have for people who are type fives
2: i think (laughs) like uh just practical things, because I think type fives are like, just tell me what to like, tell me how, what's going to actually work for me. Because they'll do all the theorizing for themselves. Some things that have worked for me to, to get out of my head a little bit are to do physical things, do physical things that get you out of your head and from like this churning, like tumultuous, like mental stew into your body. Um, Whether that's exercise, whether that's going outside, whether that's, um, you know, meditating, doing something like that, that, that makes you aware of the present and also engages your senses. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like, as a writer, whenever I write poetry, just for myself, I have to be in my body to do it. Like, I have to... Close my eyes and think about the sensations around me to get to the point where I can write um, effectively. Mm-hmm. Because I can have all the ideas in my head that I've thought about for weeks and months and years, but unless I am in my body in touch with what I'm really feeling, um, in a tactile sense, in a relational sense, in an emotional sense, then it's not going to be. It's not going to be powerful for mm-hmm. me. Wow. Um so yeah getting in your body is a huge thing um noticing and taking care of your body (laughs) whether that just means like drinking enough water or you know eating like in a healthy way and and just actually yeah like just eating (laughs) oh my gosh when i'm like on a five bender when Mm -hmm. i'm just like down the rabbit hole or doing work or whatever like when i'm riding i do not I do not stop to eat, mm-hmm. I do not stop to drink, I yep. do not stop to go to the bathroom, I just go, 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 go until yep. I realize I'm wrecked after mm-hmm. the day
0: yep.
2: and I just like fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, we we see our bodies as just like a vessel to carry our brains around, yep. so valuing your body is huge and yep. being around people that can help you value like yep. that. Yeah. Whether it's your spouse that's just like, hey I've been you noticing, yeah, no. hey I've been noticing like, you're not really like taking care of yourself too much. What's up mm-hmm. with that? Can you please like go sleep or whatever? So um that's huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, being in your body, taking care of your body.
0: I think my advice would be to push past or like take opportunities to connect uh, and not just keep analyzing like relational opportunities i think the story mm. that fives that we are often living in or living out of is a story of like emotional danger around every corner Tuh. and each. and so our worldview becomes one of like we we see every shadow as like a monster as like this every every relationship as a yeah as as an opportunity Terrifying. for for pain or for hurt and and it's kind of like, I guess my head is like this, this cartoon of what looks like a scary shadow. All of a sudden, if you walk up close or it walks out, is like a puppy dog. And and I think the, the more that I've seen in my own life, the more I give opportunities to connect. Not that you won't be hurt. Like I've definitely have been, but more often than not, it's a puppy dog that walks out from the scary shadow, not a monster. Right. Like it's Mm. it's and and the more you do that the more that narrative begins Mm. to break down and and we can change a little bit of how um we're responding and how we're creating these these cycles of uh like these self-fulfilling narratives essentially um Mm. yeah
1: and that's so good Mm. i had like so many things that i wanted to add but like i'm gonna leave it at, at that that was great advice um
2: oh and go to therapy (laughs)
0: <laughs> Go to therapy. It's, yeah, it's really I mean, important. Things like therapy, I think, can help us kickstart that process. Yeah, where like, yes. somebody externally, I mean, either therapy or good community or whatever, mm-hmm. can can kickstart that process of like, hey, that's not a, that's not exactly how that works, and that's mm-hmm. true for
2: every type. To right? challenge right. your beliefs um, right. that you've like held on to for so long, it's good for anybody, but yeah. especially for fives. I don't. I've been going to therapy for like three years, every single week, and. I don't think I ever thought about how I felt before that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I really just, I pushed it down and, you know, like this might be too much, but like I I deal with like clinical depression and like PTSD Mm -hmm. and like stuff like that. And it was like this haunted house that I did not want to go into Mm -hmm. because it's like I'm willing to dive down into the depths of of objective knowledge. When it comes to my own like pain, that is just absolutely terrifying to me like the first for about the first year that i went to therapy i would go and the entire week i would be completely wiped out like completely Mm. emotionally drained like it was like running a marathon every week and having never run in my life Mm. like Mm. it was so depleting and uh just actually showing up was like the hardest thing that i've ever done (laughs) Mm, but like i've built up so much more stamina Emotionally and my, you know, my relationships have benefited tremendously from it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Anyway, that's just an aside.
1: Oh, that's great. What advice would you give to people interacting with type fives?
0: Um, I think, I think patience. that idea of like a pause of recognize, like just hopefully recognize or see that the pause is not, uh, meant as a as an affront or as a hey i'm trying to hold you back it's just a it's an implicit reaction like a, a, a built-in reaction to that worry that concern that there's a there's a shadow around every corner and so it's not that we don't want to connect it's just going to take a second and so yeah i think that's the 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 recommendation that i would give is is when you see a type five pause because in, in the middle of something that you're going through either relationally or whatever that you just see it as what it is. And that is them just trying to process, not as a them pulling away.
2: Mm, yeah, I, that's so true. I think, I think people in general with type fives have to recognize that like getting close to a type five is like a long game. It's going to take a while. Um, it takes Multiple moments and interactions and tests to not prove yourself trustworthy because it's not about proving, but it's about the five being able to receive it. Mm-hmm. And that part takes forever for yeah. us. Yeah. Um. It. It's not. It's not a commentary on your worth or your like value to us. If you're if you're not like in our inner circle right away, mm-hmm. it's a commentary on. Our inability or slowness to receive um and to integrate people into our lives um, and into our processes so yeah the slowness like is definitely can be an it can definitely be an obstacle but um i think i feel like fives can be really really loyal mm-hmm. when when you when you're trusted by a five like they will do anything for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I joke. Uh, she's talked about like having moments in marriage where she's like, what have I done? I think that's a normal, not in a bad way, but just in a normal, like sometimes we're like, oh, this is rough or, you know, this isn't what I expected. And that's like a normal know part. I
2: it would be like It didn't know. Yeah, exactly.
0: And that's like a normal part of, but she's asked me, she's like, have you ever felt that way? I was like, no, because once I decided it took me so long mm. to get to a point where I decided that like I wanted to marry M and that like that she was the relationship I was going to work everything through. Like once I made that decision, it was like, we're in it. There's no right. So it's like, yeah, I totally mm-hmm. agree. I think once, once Fives make that decision and as long as you don't, you know, screw them over, like they, they will, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to keep after it. And they, yeah, they're very decided because we are looking for those opportunities and we're so scared. We don't get them a lot. Um, like we don't mm-hmm. let ourselves enjoy them a lot. So when we do, yeah. we're, we are,
1: we are all, like, yeah, I think just recognizing that that fear is part of it, oh, you know, absolutely. recognizing that there is that shadow that that's on the fives mind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it it empowers us who are not type fives to have more patience because now mm-hmm. we understand, oh, there's an, there's a deep rooted fear in, in our relationship and that's why it's taking time yep. mm-hmm. and and it makes it a lot easier for other types to have that empathy to, to work
0: through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on a positive side, I know that I'm biased because I am a type five, but I, on a positive side, I would say like, utilize this. Like at, there's nothing I think more exciting than somebody coming to me and saying, Hey, I'm really trying to figure this out. Will you help me? I'm like, Oh, forgive me. I'm about to beautiful mind this crap. Like so hard. I'm going to help you. This is going to be great. So oh, it's like, yes. and I do think fives because of our fear and a good side. We do, we do are good at boundaries. We're good at finding clarity and confusion. So it's like, If that's a, that's an easy way to build an opportunity and for you to get something out of it. Um, like we like doing it and I think we're good at it on a good day. And so, yeah, go to your type fives when you're like, I think I need some boundaries with my family. They will like, they will lay that out for you and be like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. Here you go.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, I think that wraps up our four-hour episode on top fives. Uh, But I have 17 more pages. Yeah. Now, I appreciate both of you being open and being very self-aware and sharing a lot of great knowledge and sharing a lot of great uh, insight into your type. Mm. Um, We're not going to air this for like 40 years, right? Yeah, right. Mm. Yes. Um and then we are looking forward to next week where we will we we will be talking to type 6s all right so we will tune in for that and thank you again yeah
2: thanks thank you thanks for having me